everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Possum University Podcast, a podcast for dog people. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie, a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. And on this episode, we are discussing socialization. In general. In general. We're going to go into a lot of detail of socialization and the critical role it plays in your dog's development. All that and more coming up next. Take the wheel. <laughs> that was a horrible attempt at doing any kind of intro. Very, uh, very frustrating. John's having a rough week. Week. It's a rough week. It's all right. And Instagram's making me angry. Oh, yeah. John almost had a meltdown yesterday. <laughs> oh, now my I lost him for a few hours. Uh, so angry and frustrated that he had to take a nap. So, you know, you just work so hard to put out content and like try and put out content every day. And it's not easy. Like it's one thing to just throw a little 15 second viral reel mm-hmm. together, some viral music, yep. but to do all like the, the, the background stuff of like researching a topic and, and getting all the facts, right. Fact checking yourself and looking for studies and then actually going and producing it in like the highest quality that you possibly can. Um, so all in all, like a two to three hour investment per reel. And then Instagram's like, nah, flop. Here's 60 likes in, in three hours with your 50,000 followers. You know, the algorithm does what it wants and everybody tries to act like they know what it wants. And I don't think that's true. And it's like no, making no. me wonder, like, are we not getting that traction again because we're doing the same type of videos over and over again? Like, do they want those little, like, I even just saw one this morning that it was like, uh, the algorithm doesn't care about anything. So here is like effortless content. Mm-hmm. And the person had like 20,000 likes. Right. And it was literally just like glitter going on nails. Like it was nothing. And the audio yeah. wasn't even hers. And it, and it's like, should we be doing little ones like that? Like little stupid ones that. No. Okay. No, we shouldn't because I'm sticking to providing value. But it's, okay. just, it's just so frustrating. And Are you saying like- that a, a video of Tishy's face is not valuable. That's exactly what I'm saying. <gasps> Gasp. Put it on the story. Um, <laughs> people are here for socialization tips. Okay. So let's do it. enough about my anger and Instagram not caring about my videos. Let's talk about socialization. Yeah, I want to talk about socialization in general um, from the beginning. And then as our dogs get older, I mean, there's a bunch of impressional periods in the beginning that a lot of people don't know about. And I think one of the biggest things that my clients will say to me when I'm, you know, getting out the dog's history in the beginning, they'll say, you know, we got the dog at like when they were puppy, eight weeks old, you know, what could have, you know, what could have happened? Like, that's impossible. And I'm like, no, that's extremely possible for mm-hmm. there to be trauma prior to you bringing home your puppy. Yeah. Um, you know, they have, they have their socialization periods in the very beginning when they're supposed to be with mom and their siblings and all that good stuff and supposed to literally be in a very relaxed, normal environment without, you know, yelling or screaming or, you know, punitive corrections from adults in general, or even just like trauma with children um, in those periods. And, uh, a lot of times that's not the case. Right. Um, so these dogs can come home and they seem kind of fine in the beginning. And then usually around six to eight months is when people are contacting me and they're like, I woke up one day and my dog is crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 
No. No, it was already there. This has been festering. And- yeah. And you're missing the signs, no fault of your own, because our society does not talk about these things. They don't talk about body language in babies, you know, so it's not something you're looking for and you're trying to socialize your dog. So you may actually push your dog on other people and dogs and this and that. I think that you're actually doing right by them, but you aren't noticing the very rigid and terrified body language, the suppression to not die. So you're not just talking about socialization like, hey, here's some new dogs. You're talking about like all-encompassing, socializing and exposing your dog to all things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like even, um, like I was I was reading up on something and it was talking about the impressional periods. I was just, you know, doing some extra educational stuff and reading articles and it was talking about them and, you know, saying that these situations, when you have a puppy, these situations should be manipulated. They are, you're going out into public, but maybe you're not like going to the dog park. Like I don't like dog parks in general and I definitely don't like them for puppies. Mm-hmm. That could be terrifying. You know, clients come to me like, oh, we got attacked by the, at the dog park. Shocker. You know, it's, it's not a safe place to be. Um, you know, you are not in control. There's no referee. There's no one there to say, hey, this dog is kind of out of control. You need to go home. Because, you know, all the other dogs are at risk. So you're taking that chance when you do right. that. Or you see, like, certain behaviors and, and you're just kind of told that it's normal. Yeah. Oh, they're figuring it out. They're going to figure out who's alpha. They're going to do this mm-hmm. and that. And in reality, you're just kind of allowing. Poor behavior. Poor behavior. Yeah. And it's not the dog's fault. It's the the pet parent on their phone not paying attention. Yeah. Or the jerk off. Yeah. Um. So really when they're, when they're babies and, you know, from basically eight weeks to, depending on the dog's personality, like a year, I'll say a year, um, that all that kind of socialization really should be manipulated. It's something that, you know, majority of the variables that are about to happen and that you're about to partake in. So like if you're taking your dog to family's house for a holiday, you should know if there's going to be any other dogs there, if there's going to be kids there, what the situation is. I had another client who they had just adopted the dog, another red flag, right? Not like you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to have right. like a calm first three months, right? Just adopted the dog, had to take them on a family trip. The family party was at a brewery. There was kids, there was people. This dog was freaking terrified mm-hmm. and like lunged at someone. And they were, you know, really upset by this. And like, yeah, of course, I get it. You're upset. You're concerned. This is your dog. But these are things that could have been avoided, right? And it's sometimes we don't have, we well, at least we don't think that we have options. But, you know, like hiring somebody to come stay with the dog is an option. Um, you know, figuring something out. Or not going, right? Of course, you want to go. Maybe just one of you go. Mm-hmm. Um because it was a couple and you know, you gotta, you gotta put the dog first sometimes and know that they're not emotionally ready to handle that situation. Cause it can actually scar them for a lot longer. And now we have to work back from that. Yeah. And there's dogs that are never ready for a situation like that. Yeah. Some dogs do not do well in those types of situations. And if that's what you're looking for, then we need to figure out your dog's personality and what small steps can we take to get to that point where they may be able to go to a brewery, but you did a lot of work prior and that dog feels comfortable being there. They're not feeling forced mm-hmm. to be there. Yeah. Um, and I feel like socialization is also one of those things that has a shelf life if you're not staying on top of it. Yes. 
Yes, of course. It's like, it's like learning. Like even, you know, when, when I first got my dog training certification is like, it's talking about a lot of people saying, oh, my dog knows how to do X, Y, Z, but they don't want to do it. It's not how it works. If you have not kept up with this, this type of training cues or just behavioral things like going in the car, like your dog can be great in the car for like the first six months. And then if you don't do it for a year, then you're like, nah, I don't want to do that. Not that they are okay with the car and just are choosing not to. They are no longer comfortable with being in the car. If you teach your dog how to sit and then for six months, they don't ever have to sit again. They're going to be like, I sort of know what that means, but I also don't really remember. And there's no real reward history to make that mark. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not that our dogs know how to do these things and they're just choosing not to. It's like we haven't practiced. It's on us. Like it always is. Um, so yeah, for sure. Socialization, if you don't do it, and this is a big thing that I want to urge people because, you know, we're right in March. What's today? March 16th. Yeah. Spring is about to hit. If you have a dog that you, even a puppy, right? People say, oh, summer and spring, they were great. And then winter hit and we hibernated and then we went into spring again and my dog lost their ish. Okay. And they're like, what happened? I'm like, listen, you didn't socialize. You hibernated for four to six months. And now you're, now everyone, there's always that spring day where it's like beautiful and everyone's the first out one. the first nice day and everyone is out and your dog is literally like, what the F is going on here? And they freak out. They panic because this is so different than every other day that we just had for the last four months. So something must be wrong. The routine is off. The stress is off. The amount of stimuli is off. So I must go into survival mode because this is not normal. So if you are listening to this and you have a puppy, even if they're not reactive, even if you're not expecting this to happen, I want you right now to, for the next couple weeks until that nice day, get them out more often if it's not something that you're currently doing. Go to the park if it's not something that you're currently doing. Go in areas where there is minimal amount of people and then work your way up to more and more. Yeah, ease them into it. Because we're talking about like five weeks before this really starts. Yeah, it's not a lot of time. So... I mean, we have socialization classes. If you live in New Jersey, close to us, we're in in, uh, Monmouth County. We have socialization classes on the weekends. As of right now, with the exception of when we're away, we're looking at like basically one every weekend. Yeah. Big dog, small dog, and then reactivity class. So these are all classes that you can use to normalize socialization with your dog. There's no obedience involved. We're just walking. We're just getting to know each other, getting comfortable around each other and just enjoying one's company, making it a really good association for these dogs. Um, versus like going to obedience class where a lot of people like, Oh, I want to socialize my dog. I want to go to obedience class. I mean, yeah, is that going to socialize your dog? Probably, but it also may freak them out if they're not emotionally Mm -hmm. equipped to handle it because they're in a confined space. They're being not forced in a bad way. You're trying to really work with your dog on some cues and stuff, but they are forced to be in a confined space with other dogs, other people they don't know, and there's a lot of stimuli. So that can actually backfire on you. I mean, if anybody here, I'm sure there's a lot of people driving or listening to this right now, and you're going to raise your hand when I say, have you ever gone to a puppy or obedience class and you have basically been shunned to the side with a barrier because your dog was barking or carrying on and couldn't mm-hmm. can it, couldn't continue joining the class because they were a distraction. All right. So many people, they're like, people come to me and they're like, I was so embarrassed. I'm like, of course you were. <laughs> that sucks, right? Because you don't know what your dog is going to do when you get there. But if we take proper steps for your dog's specific 
personality, you can fly straight through. It really depends on your dog. So what are the first steps? I think if we're talking about a puppy, I think going with the rule of thumb of like the first couple weeks, it's just you and whoever else lives in your family. No friends, no family. Just keep it simple. Establish like a baseline. Yeah, a baseline like of stress. This is what regular life is. Yeah, this is what we do on a normal daily basis. Um, and then slowly like introduce grandparents or like aunts and uncles or, you know, people that come over more often that can be calm. Do not bring the loud Italian uncle over that's always yelling. That's not your first guest, right? Just go slow with it. Ease them into it. Um, go for walks around your neighborhood. If you have a calmer neighborhood, um, if your neighborhood is a little bit more hustle and bustle, maybe you live in an apartment complex, um, take them out during more non-peak hours to start and then slowly integrate them into normal peak hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to shock them. When you shock them, that's how we That's yeah. how we create. Especially if they're coming out of like a shelter. Yeah, you create trauma that way. People don't realize it. Like I'm dealing with a dog right now who got pinned by another dog in the apartment complex hallway right next to his door, to his house. This dog is scarred. This dog is so traumatized from that situation. They even moved apartment complexes. They they are no longer in the place where the traumatic incident happened. But this dog, if he sees another dog in a hallway, it doesn't even have to be his hallway. He flips out. He's a baby. He's not even two, you know? And they're working back from this. And this is something that they really had no control over. So even just situations like this, like trying to avoid them and make it the best experience for your dog so we're not working back from really big issues is really, really something you want to keep in mind. Um, but just go slow with it. And and depending on what kind of dog personality you have, if you have a very intelligent dog, very smart, hyper-focused, tends to be more anxious, doesn't really let you out of their sight, um, you know, sleeps with one ear open, one, one eye open, one ear mm-hmm. up. Um, those are your dogs you want to worry about a little bit more. They're the ones that you want to be more cautious about. Um, you're not, you're not anxious yourself. You're just more hesitant to just do willy nilly type stuff. Like, Oh, let's go to the beach. Mm-hmm. Right. Like do some research research first, like right in your town Facebook group. Hey, was thinking about bringing my dog to this beach for a walk. Like when is it busiest? When is the quietest time to go? Like people are open with that kind of information. Like more research you do, the better yeah. you and can get here. Depending on where it is, a lot of times Google will have like live, mm-hmm. um, yeah. like how busy is this location kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's always something you could look at. Like breweries, right? Like we would take the dogs to the breweries and stuff and we would tend to go on like less busy days. Mm-hmm. Because Thurs, like a Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night where like a lot of people are like, it's just like people come home from work or like little groups getting together. The weekend's like a Saturday noon. That's when it's going to be the busiest. Do not attempt that with a new dog. Yeah. Or that's, a trivia night. No, trivia night with the loud microphones and stuff like that. People yelling and getting all crazy. Like How that's many not times good. have we been to Red Tank with, and there's always like a, a you could oh. tell, it, not necessarily a puppy, but a new dog to yeah. that person. And like they're just cowering under petrified under the table, yeah. And, and the part person's like trying to force them to socialize with people because they feel people. embarrassed that their dog is acting this way, right? But that, it's it's not about you. The dog is an accessory to them. That, yes, that's, that's that kind. Well, they of just mindset. don't know any better, and they're frustrated because they're like dogs aren't supposed to act this way. Again, it's our society and how we don't talk about normalizing emotions in a dog. Yeah. So yeah, 
when it comes to socialization, it should be done, but it needs to be manipulated. It can't just, you bring your dog to an obedience class is not considered like just legitimate socialization. Like that's not it. It can't be a one-time thing. It's got to be consistent. Um, you know, find your dog, some friends, maybe in your neighborhood or your family's dogs and stuff like that. Keep that socialization going. If you guys follow us on Instagram, you probably know that we fostered, and I'm doing air quotes, fostered a puppy from November to December, and we gave Sage, the puppy, to my parents for Christmas. Um, we socialized her with our dogs and their dog, Gatsby, before giving her as a present mm-hmm. to make sure that it was going to be a symbiotic relationship, right? So now she lives with my parents. Things are going really well with Gatsby. They're not completely um, together all the time because we're just feeling Gatsby out. It's been a really long time since he's been with dogs and we don't want to just shock him, right? We're socializing him properly. We're taking the time and we don't want Sage to get hurt in the process by us being um, inconsiderate of him, right? So we're taking the time and she's doing really well there and she's really settled in and normal life going on there, but she still comes to our house to socialize with our three because that's necessary. I know she's good with our three, right? She's still working out with Pudge because Pudge can be insane and I don't blame her. Um, but she still comes to play with Oakley and she still comes to, you know, reassociate her relationship with, with Tishy, which is basically a very coexistent relationship. They just hang, mm-hmm. you know, um, she doesn't tackle Tishy like she does Oakley. She doesn't play rough with Tishy like she plays with Oakley. Um, you know, and it's, it's just different. She has different personality or different relationships with different dogs. And we want to keep that going. Cause I want Sage to be able to come over for Christmas and to come over for Thanksgiving and all these birthdays and stuff. I want her to be able to be versatile. And my mom is still taking her in the car to pick up JJ from school, right? Even though she's, she's doing much better in the car. My mom is not stopping with that. She's continuously doing it. Now Sage actually likes it. Right. So she's keeping that up. Um, just doing like going for walks. Sage is not really loving walking. My parents, their street is off of a busy road and they're only like the second house off the busy road. So you can hear cars going flying by and that definitely scares Sage for whatever reason. She watches it and she'll like stop and like put her paw up. And they're trying to continue working with her. They're not forcing her to go super far, but they're encouraging her to walk longer distances without Gatsby. Um, Just so they can keep that moving versus saying, oh, she doesn't want to walk, so I'm not going to attempt doing it anymore. They're doing it in a positive way and for short increments of time, but not stopping. So it's interesting. I I know that you wanted to talk about this study that came out about two weeks ago now. Um, Came out, out of Italy, and it was published on... Let's see. March 5th, and it's titled Puppies Raised During the COVID-19 Lockdown Showed Fearful and Aggressive Behaviors in Adulthood. So this kind of gets into like the consequences of basically no socialization. No socialization, no socialization with other dogs, with people, with environments. Um, just Leaving the of, house? Right. Like at all? Or, or experiencing your owners leaving the house? Yeah. And this is like, if you've been listening for a long time, you know that we kind of blew the whistle on this years ago Oh yeah, where we said, Hey, this is going to become an issue. I think we even have one titled life after COVID. Well, cause everyone was like, this is great. Look, we're all getting dogs from the shelter and, and our dogs are getting so much attention and mm-hmm. exercise. Oh, and I was like, Oh, this is going to blow up so bad. It's a recipe for disaster. You know, especially if you have people who are, who were literally terrified to leave their house. Yes. So you, you go and got, you got a dog and now you have a dog that 
is also terrified to leave your house. But you were also stressed that entire time, so that's all they know. Yeah. Like your stress can leach over to dogs if your dog is extremely empathetic and doesn't know how to off-put it. Yeah. So basically, I'll, I'll give you the summary of that study. A group of researchers and veterinarians at Naples, Italy, investigated the impact of COVID-19 lockdown on the behavior of puppies. The study was con- conducted by surveying dog owners who acquired their puppies during COVID-19 lockdown period. The results of the study showed that puppies raised during COVID-19 lockdown period exhibited more fearful and aggressive behaviors as adults compared to puppies before the lockdown. The study found that these puppies were more likely to exhibit fear of other dogs, fear of strangers, and aggression towards other dogs and people. The study suggests that the lockdown period may have contributed to the development of these behavioral issues in puppies as the puppies had less opportunity for socialization and exposure to different stimuli during the critical socialization periods. This really highlights the importance of early socialization and training for puppies to prevent the development of fear and aggression in adulthood. So... Again, not surprising, but it is certainly validating to see that. And disappointing, but validating to see that actually now well documented. Um, Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting, and and it's interesting to see what's going to happen down the line. Hopefully, most of these dogs are spayed or neutered, so they're not going to be passing these genes on. Oh, I hope not. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, we don't know that. And that, that stuff for anybody who's wondering what John was just talking about, these things can be passed down. Learned Trump, what is it called? Epigenetical? Well, it, yeah, I'll have to learn you on epigenetics. Yeah. It's it's a little bit more complicated than just like looking at a dog's genes and saying they're going to have this. It's like genes turn off and on depending on things that happen in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. We should do an episode on that. Ep- epigenetically. Yeah. So it could be a problem. Yeah. I mean, we see it. I mean, look at Louie that came and stayed with us. Nine weeks old, peeing and pooping on meeting new people, screaming, Mm -hmm. hiding in a corner at nine weeks old. Yeah. Because his mother had reactivity and should have never been bred. Mm -hmm. It was, it was bad breeding, you know? So these are things that can happen. So now with what's going on here, we can explain that at a later date, but that, that stuff can definitely be passed down. Um, so yeah, socialization in general, it should be done, but it needs to be done the right way with the right aura and intentions and goals from the humans. Mm-hmm. Don't force, just see how your dog reacts to normal, natural situations that are not forced upon them and, and go from there. And it's, it's like in our, our workshops, you have that one line on one of your slides. It's like, remember the goal, get my dog mm-hmm. to like this thing. Yeah. And that's what you need to, like, if you're dealing with socialization issues, you need to look at it through the lens of, I want to get my dog to like this thing. Yeah. Not, I want to shut my dog up. Yeah. It's, and it's, but people reach out to me too. I'm always asking like, what are your issues? And then when I explain why these dogs are having the issues, they realize, like they, they figure it out as we go that what they're really looking for is the opposite of what they've been trying to get. And it, and you see just people's minds are blown. Once I explain the psychology of what's going on for their dog. And if we can take a different stance as humans with the goals, if we keep the goals in mind when we're going, we can change the way that we communicate and connect with our dogs from the very beginning like some people have this very naturally, just as people. Like I talk to new clients and they get it. 
like that, that, um, that one client that I'm working with, she has, um, Kella, a new client. Um, this dog was abused to all hell and she's just the sweetest woman. You can just tell she came out the womb this way, like so empathetic and so sweet and so caring and we'll do whatever it takes for her dog to succeed. And, um, you know, sometimes it's not as easy for other people, you know, then, and it might take some rethinking and, and re-understanding of what we're, what our goals are. Yeah. Or even, even if you don't understand, you just accept. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's difficult. It is. It's not Um, always black and white. So we talked about the consequences. Is it ever too late? No. I mean, it'll, there's some serious cases where it's going to take longer mm-hmm. depending like if the dog's older right be like oh can you change can you fix an 11 year old dog yeah it's just going to take a little bit longer right like if a six-year-old goes to therapy and has to pack unpack 60 years it's going to take a little bit longer than a 20 year old yeah right so think of it that way um but you know if they haven't been doing it for super long let's say the 11 year old just got reintroduced or just got introduced to a newborn it's only been a couple months that they're experiencing those behaviors, right? So it's not just the age. It's it's the amount of time they've been experiencing the issues that are yeah, going on. Basically, how, how much has this been reinforced? Yeah, for sure. Like if you're on your fifth kid, <laughs> maybe it's a yeah, little longer. Give it up. <laughs> give it up. You're screwed. Uh, yeah, it can be fixable. I mean, I have tons of people come to me. And they're like, how far down, down the shitter am I? <laughs> And I'm honest. I'm like, listen, it's going to take a little bit. You don't need one session. You're going to need more than that. And that's mm-hmm. okay. And I want realistic expectations. I don't want you to think that this is going to happen overnight and then get really bitter towards your dog because they're not doing what you need them to do. We just need realistic expectations. And the quicker you can get on board of being empathetic and understanding, that's 50% of the battle right there. If you can do that for your dog, they will meet you halfway almost immediately. So do you have any recommendations? For puppies? Uh, really anybody who's like, uh, who may be listening to this and thinking, I'm not even sure if I'm doing enough socialization. What are some extra like exercises or little outings that I could do? All right, so a couple things. Let's start with puppies, right? Right off the bat, do what I said earlier. Um, calm, couple weeks in the beginning, just normal, normalcy, right? Um Daycare is great. If you have a good daycare in your area and you can do that from a um, a younger standpoint, that is great. Um, but, you know, make sure they do like a puppy thing. It's better for the puppies to be with the puppies versus like putting puppies in with adult dogs. It usually mm-hmm. doesn't work out that well. We don't want your dog to be fearful, right? Um, so finding situations like that, like a puppy play group training, positive reinforcement training that does puppy play groups where it's not, it's not focusing on obedience cues and, and stuff like that. It's just socialization, just proper play. Um, because a lot of times we get our dogs or puppies at eight weeks and reality, they really should be with their siblings until 12 weeks. But a lot of times your vets will tell you don't socialize until they have their rabies. So there's a lot that's going against our puppies here and socializing during the periods that they're supposed to. Um, so really trying to find whatever way you can to socialize your dog at a young age is imperative, right? So doing that, doing obedience courses that, um, have some versatility, maybe the classes aren't super long. Maybe it's only like 20, 30 minutes with the dog being very, um, intentional with how much we're stressing our dogs out at an early age. Um, do not go to a a dog park at all. Do not do that. 
um, if you're going to socialize at the dog park, make sure you're going um, on non-peak hours and you are friends or somewhat acquainted with the people that are going and meeting you there. Like you're meeting up at the, at the same time together yeah. and your dogs get along. Um, remove your dog immediately from a situation that does not feel right to you or to them. If your dog is acting strange, do not say, oh, let's just see if they pop out of it. They will not take them out of that situation. They are uncomfortable and we do not want them to have a traumatic moment on their brain during that time. So just go with your gut and leave or the, your dog's gut for that, for that matter. Mm. Um, what else can we do as puppies? Walking them, just, you know, getting them familiar with or like around your house, your neighborhood, parks, um, kids, okay? Kids are terrifying. You need to socialize your puppy with well-rounded, calm children that can listen. Yeah, at least at first. Yeah. Um, your eight months to two years old, not your best bet. That age group cannot listen right now, and you cannot ask them to. So it needs to be. <laughs> you see what's going on there? Tishy is trying to get no. through the door. What? No, Salem? wait for it. The cat it's is not going to happen. Though. The cat Here. is sticking her hand underneath the yeah, door. She, I saw her little paw go up and then she's like reaching. <laughs> looking Ew. to smack somebody. Um, I I, another thing I would do if, if you're already a little bit into your socialization, you want to like ramp it up a little bit. Um, there's a lot of stores that allow. Yes. Yeah, you know, like Home Depot, Lowe's, puppy stores, um, they all smaller ones. They all allow. Yeah, I I would avoid personally. I would avoid like PetSmart and Petco and like actual pet stores mm -hmm. at first because you're going to encounter other dogs there yeah. who may not be well mannered and and you know you can potentially have an issue there. You want to avoid that if possible, at least at first, or until, just go on non-peak hours until your dog gets a little more confident. Yeah, but you could always I mean go to to like I said, Lowe's, Home Depot, get some exposure to some louder sounds, like the beeping of, of the the forklifts. Yeah. and. But remember to bring treats. And while these things are happening, you're praising your dogs, right. positively, regardless of how they act. Positively reinforce everything because everything comes down to associations. And what they saw and felt, not what you saw and felt. Right. So like, wow, when that beeping and that banging and that loud forklift went by, I got a ton of treats. I got... Chopped up cheese. Yeah, not so bad after a while. Not so bad. Right? Um, what else? As your dogs get older, you really, really, really want to watch between six months and a year. That is when most dogs come into maturity. That is the tipping point. That is when things can change. That is when hormones can change, especially if your dogs are intact. Um, you really want to watch this and make sure that you are socializing consistently throughout these times. If this is winter for your dog, these months... You need to find ways to socialize during this time. That is that is huge. Um, when spring hits, do not just decide to bring your dog with you wherever you go on that really first, that really nice first day. You will traumatize them. Try and go slow with it. Unless you have a big old happy dummy that literally doesn't care about a damn thing, you have to be cautious during this time frame. Um, but just keep it going. Keep it sweet. Keep it short. Don't overstay your welcome. If you're noticing stress signs. Positively get out of there. Mm -hmm. Yawning, pacing, not being able to lay down, um, sh stress shaking. What else? Lip licking. Whale eyes if people are approaching. If your dog is not soliciting attention, they're uncomfortable. And that's, and that's okay, right? 
leave that situation because they're not in the right mindset to actually make positive association with the socialization that's going on. Leave, go home, reassess, do something that's a little bit lower on the totem pole in terms of stress and people and whatever the situation was that actually got them agitated to begin with and then work your way back up the tadpole, the tadpole, work your way back up the, uh, what word am I looking for? I just said totem pole. the totem pole, uh, work your way back up and do it slowly with more positive reinforcement and, you know, more affection towards them during this time. So they can be like, Oh, reassess and say, okay, this isn't as bad as I originally thought. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much where the socialization lies. Fantastic. That's good. Is that what, is that everything you wanted to discuss about this topic? Um, was there anything that you wanted to touch on? Um, we could just quickly touch on, obviously if, if, they're local to us. We're in Millstone, New Jersey. So if you're in the area of Millstone Township, New Jersey, and you wanted to come out to our farm and partake in some of these socialization classes, go to possumuniversity.com forward slash group. Please, I, I do this every time I give this every time. URL. I, I can never remember if it's group or groups. Stand by. We are going and forward slash group. <laughs> possumuniversity.com forward slash group. And you can see the list of classes there. We have puppy socialization, small dog socialization, big dog socialization. And then if your dog has reactivity issues, um, it's starting to become a really big deal. Pretty well-renowned react- reactive dog yeah, class. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, we have that as well. So if you want to travel to Millstone Township, head over to the website. You can sign up right on the website. And then we also have two different eight-week courses. Yes, started. that are coming up. Sorry, just kicked your wire. It's okay. Um, two different eight-week courses coming up. One of them is on, like, teenage dogs. So that's, we're kind of saying, like, what's the age range on that? Say eight months to three and a half years. So basically, like, still that that kind of even, rambunctious. Even if your dog is older than that, we will still take them. If they're, like, super crazy and right. low depends impulse control, it really just depends on their yeah. personality. That class is really targeted towards, like, those immature dogs who... Never learn. No manners. <laughs> Um, those COVID puppies that's an eight week in-person course that's going to be starting on April or yeah April 22nd 10 a.m that's every Saturday yep yeah so every Saturday and we'll kind of alternate one week you have a dog next week you don't bring a dog and it's more like educational stuff Mm -hmm. but it's basically jam-packed with everything you need to know everything that you would need to know and then that so that runs at 10 a.m and then the other one runs at 11 a.m that's our eight week puppy class that's coming up absolutely um one other thing i wanted to mention yeah lately again because spring is coming i have a lot of people that are reaching out to me that i've spoken to like months ago maybe they didn't sign up and things got worse really worse really worse uh, like i think it was like three or four this week just this week alone where people like a child got bit um a vet got bit like we're a lot of people, especially with the state of like our country and like money and stuff, like I think a lot of people are are really very much so like struggling. Yeah, I mean, gas is up. The, the price insane. of everything's up. So and I get harder. it. I get it. I, I inflation is insane. We are all just trying to do the best that we can. But if your dog is at risk for hurting somebody or themselves, just do one session at least mm-hmm. because. Literally, I'm like a child got bit over the weekend because they were just kind of hoping that it would go away. Right. And so now not only are they spending the money, but their right, child also 
it, it it's almost always ends up that they're they come back and they they spend the money anyway and yeah. it's really a shame yeah um and then we also have now we have our happy tail guarantee so if you buy a bundle if you'd rather just get all the courses or, or all the all your sessions at a cheaper rate you can buy them all in advance in one of our pre-built bundles mm-hmm. um and like if you're not happy after your first session you just pay for the first session which is two hundred dollars and we refund the rest. Yep. So it's like you're not stuck. You got, I, like I'll have these five sessions, these five follow-up calls. I don't even want them anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, like, we'll buy them back from you yeah. kind of thing. And we're not here to take anybody's money. If you don't like it and you don't think it's going to fit what you need or what your expectations were in terms of training, like, I'm not here to steal your money. I'm going to give right. it back to you because you should get whatever training that you want for your dog. Mm-hmm. That then, money was allocated for your dog. And then, like, when we talk about how difficult it is now to afford things yeah like with inflation and you know there's people getting laid off uh that's why we started we literally just a few weeks ago introduced payment plans on every single one of our bundles so now you can break up any of the bundles into three monthly payments so if if it's too difficult to put down you know 700 900 all at once and you want to break it up over three months you can do that right from the website it's there's no like financing or anything there's no credit check or anything it's literally this is us doing everybody a solid because we know these dogs need the help but it's the finances are tough right now yeah we get it we we trust and um yeah we're transferring some of the risk to us um just to try and you know say like hey you're not alone in this situation we can help you it is fixable and, and we'll help you afford it um, so some, if you've been on the fence, you've been listening, you're wondering if you should look into it. Um, just literally sign up for a 15 minute evaluation. Yeah. Call. Do the evaluation call. You can literally go to our website, tap the talk, talk with a trainer button in the bottom right corner. And you can set up any, you could pick your time, pick your day, pick your time. And Jamie will literally call you and you'll chat for 15 minutes about what your dog is doing and what she thinks the best plan of action is and what, you know, what bundle or what, how many training sessions, like what is going to be best for you in your situation, you know, and she'll be really honest with you. So that's something to consider if you're listening to this and you're thinking, you're wondering one, how you can work with us. And we work with people all over the world, yep, literally all over the world through our virtual training. That's why Jamie won last year, won number one virtual dog trainer in the United States. Um, that wasn't on accident. <laughs> so if you are thinking about it, Definitely head over to our website, schedule that 15-minute uh, free evaluation Free evaluation call. call. And, uh, you know, there's no, you're not tied to anything. Yeah, just, you are literally tied to nothing. Right. You just, just talk to me. Just talk to her. You let me know what's going on. I'll tell you if it's normal. Mm-hmm. Chances are it is. Yeah, or like don't like, waste your money. Don't, yeah. but don't buy a bundle. Just get one session. Just get one session. That's all you're going to need because I just need to set you up to, to succeed. Or purchase one of our cheaper... Um, courses our mini courses mm-hmm. you know there's yeah. there's a lot of options just chat with us i'll give you my honest opinion again we're not here to take anybody's money we just want dogs to succeed less people getting bit <laughs> and just less dogs having to be rehomed yeah and if you're still listening at this point and you have any association with the shelter or a rescue we are um we've basically officially launched our shelter and rescue solutions and that's basically Really low cost, 40% off of everything for like a la carte plans for rescues and shelters that kind of need either it's help in their training department, they need they need behavior help, or they need operational help. 
Um, we could, Jamie and I are combining our expertise in providing those services. We have a few rescues with us right now, and we're looking to take on a few more. So if, if you work with a rescue, you volunteer, you own a rescue, and you need some help, whether it be operationally, with behavior, anything, um, you can head over to PostonUniversity.com forward slash rescue, and we will, uh, you know, you could again, another evaluation, do another evaluation call. call, and you can chat about what your organization needs. We do everything from uh, trainer on retainer, which is basically where Jamie, you'll have Jamie as your trainer for your organization on retainer for X amount of hours, usually 20 hours a month. And basically she can handle your, if you're in the area, handle your evaluations, do your training. If you're not in the area, do your training, virtual training with your staff and your volunteers. Your fosters. Your fosters. If you wanted to help dogs that were already adopted out, you can u- utilize those hours to help with um, making know, sure they stay in that home, making sure they stay in a home. If, if the adopters having issues, um, we'll do uh, like lunch and learn type seminars, educational stuff for staff and volunteers. We'll, we'll come to your facility or you can come to ours um, and we'll, we'll do whether it's on body language, um, defensive handling, defensive handling, anything like that. We do lunch and learns for that. And then we have our operational stuff. So if you're looking to, reduce your costs, you're looking to bring in more money, um, you're looking to rebuild morale, you're looking to up your standard of care, um, anything, it's all in our expertise, it's all in our wheelhouse. So just book a call, we'll chat with you, see what works for your organization, and uh, you can do a trial run. But yeah, if that's something that you guys are looking for, I know that that's, there's obviously... We launched it like officially like a month ago and we have what, like three or four rescues on board with mm-hmm. us right now. Yeah. It's it's clearly a need for these smaller rescues that can't afford to get talent into their behavior department mm-hmm. or even have a behavior department. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's another thing that we're offering. All right. I'm out of breath. <laughs> I like this one. It was a good one. Good. I know you want to talk about it, so yeah. I'm a little tired today. I can tell. We both are. You've been up. You got up really early. Yeah, five thirty. Um, I'm coming off a crappy day yesterday, so I don't like five thirty. <clears throat> We're not friends. No. And if you can't tell, I'm a little under the weather <laughs> with my party girl voice. Yeah, I'm fine. I never get sick. No, you're annoying. I don't even know how you do it. There are two cesspool sons downstairs. You hey, never get sick. Joey is not a cesspool. <laughs> JJ, on the other hand. <laughs> Bro's eating his boogers every 30 seconds. Oh, on the air, you're going to say that? Damn. That's the truth. Um, all right. Well, let's wrap, let's this wrap one it up. Let's wrap it up. Wrap uh, it up. Follow us on Instagram at Possum University. And we are starting to do vlog style videos over on our YouTube channel. So come look at our weird life. If you like the podcast, you might like our videos that are becoming, they'll be coming out like once a week, if not more, if we're really bored. But yeah, follow us around. Fun life stuff vlog style kind of behind the scenes what it's like here at underdog acres and more of the barn animals that's all we have for this one until next week class dismissed